Hello, welcome to the inaugural episode of Fantasy Harness Racing, the podcast, the new frontier in harness racing. And in fact, for the equine industry, I would have thought, Paul Cochran with you. I'm joined by two regular guests who are going to be with you throughout the season, uh, Brett Skelly and Tommy Swiderski. Welcome, guys. Yeah, good, good to be here. Yeah, very uh, excited about what's going to be a, a great game. Tommy, uh, fantasy harness racing, it certainly captured the imagination, hasn't it? Yes, yes, it's got a good response online and it's a great idea and, you know, drivers are such an important part of this sport and it's good to celebrate them and market them and it's a great idea. Now, Brett, obviously uh, your role here at Harness Racing New South Wales, you look after many things, but one of the main things you do is you, you take control of the racing program. So the racing program is what really underpins this game. I mean, obviously driver performance is one thing, but they've got to have races to compete in, so... I think you're going to bring a fair bit to the table here. We're going to rely on your expertise to talk about what the racing program is ahead as we look across the 25 rounds of the fantasy harness racing season. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, thanks, Paul. It's, um, it is an, a, a big part of what we do, and it's, uh, it's going to be good trying to place those races and where we place our drivers going towards those races. Um, and as you say, it's a, a very important part of, uh, of this game and of the industry as a whole. Yeah, look, it's super important because one of the things, you know, where we're a little bit different to perhaps some of the, the footy codes, you know, teams get named and you sort of have a fair bit of an idea of, you know, players that are going to play in each game in a, in a regular week, Tommy, whereas with this, like there's a little bit of guesswork in a, in a sense where you're going to have to use your expertise and your intel and be a student of the sport and say, well, okay, let's let's throw Cameron Hart's name up, for example, and say, well, I know that Cameron's going to be driving at Menangle, and, but is he going to turn up and maybe go and have a one-off driving at Bathurst and that's therefore going to create extra points opportunity for me? So the racing pattern that Brett establishes is one thing, but then, Tommy, what, what I, I love about what you're going to bring to the table is you're a real student of the sport and we're going to be able to look at some of what the dri- where the drivers might appear. Yeah, that's right. Well, you only got to look as early as Monday this week. Amanda Turnbull took one in Newcastle. That doesn't happen very often. And, you know, there's a, there's an edge there in the market, um, the fantasy market. So, yeah, it'll be good good to manage and manage the drivers and go through it. Yeah, and I think that's going to be part of it is being able to say, all right, because if you can pick up those points that say Amanda Turnbull might have got by going to, to Newcastle and getting those points, that you're right, Tommy, that's going to be the edge. Now... Tommy, you you look after the club over there at Bankstown, so you're just around the corner. We're neighbours. It's like when um, when Harold pops over for milk in in Ramsey Street or something here, isn't it? But Tommy Tommy's going to be a regular on the show, but he's a real student of the sport. So what what you're going to be doing each week, Tom, is really breaking down where drivers might appear, what the patterns are, what who's in form, who's who's jagging wins, and then trying to give our listeners a little bit of an edge where we can say. Got a bit of a gut feel here that so-and-so is going to go and drive, say, at Newcastle, and it might be worth trading them into your team. Is Can you guarantee the listeners, Tommy, that's what you're going to bring to the table? Of course, yep. That's, that's what I'm here for. That's <laughs> that's why I'm off the bench in. Um, Look, there's, there's been so much, Brett. Like, we obviously started to... I mean, the whispers have been out there that fantasy harness racing is on the way. And then uh, earlier on Monday, we, we went out to the world and we said... Here's what's coming. And I think I think there's a little bit of mystery still about it for some people where they probably don't necessarily fully understand it because obviously the platform gets launched on the 15th of December. So 
as Tom said, the the online world, the cyber world of harness racing, you know, racing Twitter or whatever we want to call them, ha- have actually got around it. They've been pretty excited about it, but there's probably a little bit of still an element of misunderstanding about what it could potentially be. Would, would, you, would you think that's fair? I think that's absolutely fair. I think... Um, People know what fantasy sports are, um, especially from a rugby league or an AFL uh, perspective. But but this it might be slightly different for for people. But as you say, the uh, the feedback that we're getting and the um, and the the likes and the uh, the comments on social media they've been fantastic. And the amount of people that seem to be getting around it, um, it it's it's great to see. One of the things that was a bit of a trigger for it was. We, we've got a sport which is obviously very aligned to wagering. And wagering, as we know, the legalities around wagering are 18 and over. Which, in a way, can be somewhat restrictive for the next generation. You know, and trying to get kids to, kids and youth and, you know, the next generation to really engage with what we're doing. And, and so we know that the fantasy sports market is such a big driver of eyeballs and attention and and added, I guess, drilling down on what, what the sport is delivering. We've seen it across so many other codes and, and we probably thought that there's an opportunity here to, I guess, bring more people to the fold. You know, if people love fantasy sports, full stop. Now, if we can apply that to the racing industry and particularly in our, in our sport and our code here in New South Wales, and that's a good thing, Brett. That's it, and it's uh, moving on from that. We um, we've got a lot of famous names within the industry, um, but it, it quite often seems like we're not getting a lot of people from outside. And um, even within the mini trots, where we do have the younger people, um, if you're not within the industry, we don't seem to be getting more people coming in through that. This I see as being a, a great opportunity for people who may not have paid a lot of attention or have not watched harness racing before getting involved going forward, um, having a team, watching it week in, week out. Because, Tommy, you can you can love the sport without having a bet too, can't yeah, you? That's, that's, right. that's the thing. It's a sport that's happened in front of you, and it's, it's fantastic. You know, it's all, it's, it's all in your eye line. It's, it's pure racing. Um, you know, it's circuit racing. It's, there's something really, really special about that if you, love, if you love the idea of a race and a contest. Yeah. As you said, it makes, makes the, the sport more interesting. You don't have to have a dollar on to have an invested interest, whether it's a – up to 40 races in Tamworth on a Friday. It's it's just as interesting as Menangles feature races on a Saturday, just yeah, as important. Absolutely. So how did it come about? I mean, we'll we probably make no make no um, you know, excuses for the fact that it does probably borrow from some of the some of the concepts around some of the other games that are out there across footy codes. I I um I just thought there's an opportunity here for us to build a game. To build a game that's based around drivers. Now, where I think that that uh, fantasy sports that have been driven by that, that have revolved around the equine industry before have have probably fallen short is that fantasy sports really they're just data. It's just data that's turned into points, and then the points are what drives the game. Now, if we build it around horses, horses don't race enough. They really don't in order to generate enough data, but but our humans do. And one of the things that Harness Racing New South Wales that we want to really do, we've got so many outstanding and elite drivers out there that we thought, well, we can build a game that really caters to their results. And all the data that they create, I mean, they're creating data several times a day, several times a week. So that's the game, really. That, that, that's what it is. 
Yeah, if you follow your fantasy sports, and as you say, it is data-driven. If you've got a fantasy cricket team, that's all data. If you've got a fantasy NRL team, that's all data. And you're watching them week in, week out, and going, okay, we've got this many hit-ups, we've got this many tackles, he scored this many runs, I'm going to get this many points. We've got some of the world's best drivers in New South Wales. Uh, And as you say, they're, they're... driving data all the time. They've had this many wins. They've had this many seconds. Um, There's a reason why we pay so much attention to the championships each year of where each driver is on that championship. And Tommy, it's really quantifiable, our sport too, isn't it? Because you can, you know, there's, there's winners and there's, and there's participants. And I mean, if you build a, build a points table or a point scoring system around, you know, pure results that, that our sport is built on, it's pretty easy to create a yeah, create right. a game, isn't it? Yep, yep, very easy to quantify and, and get down to the numbers. And you know, these drivers are very talented, and, and it's it's going to be exciting next six months. I mean, one of the things that we haven't done is we, we haven't told everyone how much everyone's worth. We've drip drip fed a little bit, Brett. Uh, you and I played a role in in uh, in how we came up with that pricing system. Uh, Tommy, anyone ever said to you, here's 14.4 million bucks? Yeah, and spend 10% <laughs> of that on Cam Hart straight away. <laughs> so that's what you're going to get. You're going to get $14.4 million. Um, it's a big amount of money, like you know, it, whether it's mythical or not. But uh, it's challenging, isn't it, Brett? We've both had a go at trying to, when we're piecing this together, we've both had a go at trying to pick some teams with $14.4 million, and it's challenging. It, it is very hard uh, trying to get the, the drivers that you want in there um, that you think is going to rack up the most amount of points each week. Um, I would say it would be impossible to get the exact team that you want, um, and there will be concessions. So, what what we know? What do we know, Tommy? We know what we've already know that Cameron Hart's what one point three four million. Yep. As you said, that's that's close on ten percent of your salary cap. If you want to get want to get, you know, obviously Cam delivers. You put him. Jared Alston spoke to us on the on the Sprint Lane podcast last week, and he said the good thing is you put Cameron Hart on a horse, and you pretty much know what you're going to get. And what you pro- predominantly get is you get winners, or you get top four finishes, which is the way our point system operates with this game. But you're going to have to spend up, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. I know Cam does a lot of K's in the car, and he's he's everywhere. So he might pop up in Bathurst on a Wednesday, and and. You know, Penrith and Menangle, he's there every week. So he's going to be vital to every team, I think. I mean, you love your fantasy sports, and NRL fantasy yep. is one that you're right into. So using the equivalent, you know, like say like a Nathan Cleary in the rugby league, you had to spend up big to have him. But if you didn't have him, gee, you were behind the eight ball early, weren't you? Yeah, big time, big time. Yeah. And, you know, people like Ken, they're going to be vital. They're going to be vital. There's plenty of good options, though. I, You know, obviously, as I said, Brett and I, sat down around the table with some others here at Harness Racing New South Wales and, you know, using a lot of data and, and you know, past performances and all those sorts of things, we we came up with price points for more than 200 drivers across the state who are going to form the game. So, as we said, you'll get $14.4 million. What you need to do is pick, 20, pick a squad of 22. So a team looks like 18 starting drivers and a reserve on each line. Now, when I say lines, the the state under the the way we divvied it up for the TAB Regional Championships is in four regions, and that's the way the game will be built. So you'll have Hunter, you'll have uh, the Riverina, you'll have Western, and you'll have Metropolitan, which is the way that the TAB Regional Championships operates. Now, the Metropolitan races more often. 
because it takes in your yeah, Penriths and your Menangle obviously race twice a week. Your track, Tommy, at Bankstown. Uh, Goulburn fits into the metropolitan area as well. So you'll pick more drivers in the metropolitan line. So you, you're going to pick seven drivers from the metropolitan. You're going to pick five from each of the other regions, which comes up with that 22. But you'll start with 18 in any given week, and that's your team. They're the 18 that will score your points. So you've got to pick 22 drivers with 14.4 million, and we've already said that Cam Hart's worth 10% of the salary cap. But uh, as we said, Brett, it's going to be challenging for a lot of people. Yeah, I know that uh, seven drivers in the metro region sounds like a lot. Um, and when we went through the exercise of trying to find a team, uh, it's a lot harder than it sounds. There are so many good drivers, and that's not just in the metro, that's across all the regions, and you want to try and get them all in, um, but you can't. Yeah, and, it's and that easy. Yeah, and when we launched on, when we went out to the world on, on Monday and told everyone that it exists, one of the things that, that the, our CEO, John Darmacy, said is, it's going to be pretty hard to get it wrong, though, because you're sport for choice. There's that many great options, you know, we go through the the list of who's available. There are that many options, and there's yeah. You know, we've only got to look at what happened last Saturday night, for example. Inner Dominion's on down in Victoria, so a lot of those big names were missing from Menangle. We saw Sean Grayling come up with three winners, three in a row. Jimmy Douglas drove two. You know, th- there's there's value to be found among some of these guys that are not going to sit on that top tier at price point, Tom. That that I think. The students and the people who pour time in it into it and run their analytics and you know and and hopefully listen to us and read the articles, they're going to get rewarded for that in you know in points accrued. Yeah, it's very important. You got to you got to do your homework. You got to find the value because it's going to be hard fitting twenty two people, uh, twenty two drivers under that under that salary cap. So you're going to have to do your shopping. So the prices were formulated. The a, a group of people here at Harness Racing New South Wales, as we said, Brett and I were probably um, front and centre on that. We had uh, people from our racing office. We had people across different uh, different departments. We had even some of the stewards got involved and, and we sort of sat around and and had some really robust discussions and, and almost debated sort of every single driver, didn't we, Brett? Like it, we, we tried to be really thorough with it and, and sort of say, well, okay, this is what this person's done, but let's apply that to the tracks that are going to be involved and what is their, up, what is their, their future look like uh, what sort of trajectory they're on are they so all those things came into play didn't they yeah and sometimes the statistics don't tell the whole story I mean we we sat down and we had a lot of statistics statistics that we looked at um, and that's obviously the base of it but I take for example uh, some of the uh, the newer drivers into the ranks who don't have a lot of statistics behind them but you know that they're going to be good and they have been good up until this point but it's only with a limited amount of drive. So where do you put them within the list um, compared to some of the older drivers who have been around for a long time have good statistics as well? It's, it's a, it was a nice little marriage, I think, that we came up with on our prices. Yeah, and the other thing is if you – like you, you have to pick a, a quota of drivers across different lines. So if you had a like – and we had a spreadsheet of the whole field of drivers and then you, you have all these prices and then you rank them by price and you sort of go, well – well, is that person there in that region the same as that person there in that region at price point? Yet in their own region, they might dominate, you know. And, and so, all those conversations, we spent hours and hours on this in Bread. It was a long process, but we came up with something. Is it spot on? Well, we don't know. 
you know, we hope that we're pretty close to having, I guess, a, a menu available for people to choose from at certain price points that we think might be right. But we're going to know a lot more as this game starts to play out. We're certainly going to know a lot more in year two of the game. So there's a, there is an element of, of unknown, isn't there? And I think that's part of the fun of the game too. Um, people out there can try and beat us and they can prove us wrong on what we're, what decisions we've come it's up punning with. punning 101, isn't it? <laughs> try and beat, the, beat, try the, and beat the system. Yeah, exactly. So that's how the prices were formulated. And as we said, look, we, we've generated results across you know, all those tracks, a period of time going back up to four years or so of how these drivers have performed. But it's not just about if they win races. It's about under the point structure, as we said. We, you're going to accrue points at first, second, third or fourth, and you're going to accrue points just for participating then that was all taken into account as well. I know that some drivers that we looked at, we said, okay, their winning strike rate is not as high as as maybe their price point suggests, but if you actually crunch the numbers, they're getting a lot of thirds, a lot of fourths, and there's points to be gained there. And if you start accruing a lot of them over a week, they become a really valuable asset in your team because it's all about scoring points, Tommy. Yeah, you're spot on. You're spot on. Not much more to add there, Paul. Um so the way it'll work, you will, as we said, you'll pick a twenty, you'll pick a score to twenty-two, but you'll get three trades a week. So each week you, you'll have that fourteen point four million dollars. Now the price, the price of a driver is the price in round one is the same. It'll be in round twenty-five. So if you're familiar with fantasy sports, in some of the some of the fantasy sports, the price moves up and down depending on how that particular player or in our case driver has has performed. In our game in year one, that price will stay the same throughout. We think it's a simpler model uh, in order for people to kind of start to get a real understanding and a, and a familiarity with how uh, fantasy harness racing is going to work. So your price is your price. You can't go over that $14.4 million. I mean, the system simply won't allow it. You'll drag a player in. So you might say, right, I'm going to trade out Luke McCarthy and I want to trade in Jack Callaghan or something like that, you know, and, and so you're going to have to work with the money that you've got available each week. So that's how it'll work. But you'll get three trades a week across your whole twenty squad of 22. And that's the fun of it, Brett, isn't it? I mean, you play these fantasy sports. The fun is the is being ruthless, really cutting people and, and then going after people and having a strategy in mind, maybe even a four-week forward plan and saying, all right, this is, this is the team I want when we get to this particular race carnival. So what's the team look like and how am I going to build to make sure that's the squad I, I need? Absolutely. And uh, only being able to change three a week might throw some of those plans out occasionally. Um, you don't know when somebody's going on holidays. You don't know if somebody's going to be injured or if somebody's going to go interstate. Uh, it's, it's, you've got to keep up with these things and you've got to be looking at the fields and you've got to be there um, analysing and where you think you're going to be best placed to pick up the majority of points. And Tommy, the way our, our sport works, as we know, like we, we move around with these itinerant carnivals. So, you know, we've got so like the Newcastle Mile in February and then we go into the, the Carnival of Miracles, which is, you know, very metro-based with all the big guns in action there. And as we said, you're going to get these bonus points for the for the big marquee races. So you got to factor that in. And then we, we sort of move into Gold Crown, you know, time frame around Bathurst so the western drivers really start to become really prominent and obviously our metro drivers head there to to uh, go after some of the the big marquee races there and then obviously we we, we look at the Riverina you know with the Riverina championships and the four and five-year-old championships so each 
sort of region is going to have that real centre centre point focus, which strategically I think is going to be intriguing for how people go about building their squads. Yeah, yeah, that's spot on. And you got to throw in the Carnival Cups meetings, their, their bonus points as well. So it's going to be interesting. You only got a limited amount of trades per week and and a limited salary cap, and managing that, you know, across any fantasy sports, pretty difficult. So what is around? I mean, as we said, well, I guess we can use other sports as a bit of a reference point here to help with the familiarity of how this game's going to play out. So if you, you know, I know a lot of people play sort of like the AFL game, a lot of people play the NRL game. In both those codes, it's it's really obvious what a round is. You know, it's all the games, you know, within that particular weekend. For us as a racing industry, I mean, we race almost every day, don't we, Brett? So, you know, when you're racing kind of so often, one of the important things with fantasy sports is actually the window where you're not in operation. You know, and being able to then have conversations like this and break down the, you know, and analyse it and let people think about what their trading strategy looks like and play around with the platform and move guys in and out, but also let the point system take shape. So what we've done, what where we landed on was six race meetings constitutes a round and that will start typically on the first race at Menangle on a Tuesday and typically end in the last race at Menangle on a Saturday night. So in that in that cycle, what it there's 14 tracks in play, but the most common round looks like Tuesday at Menangle, so Tuesday afternoon at Menangle, Wednesday night at Bathurst, Thursday night at Penrith, Friday afternoon at Wagga, uh, Friday night at Newcastle, and Saturday night at Menangle. That's that's what a typical round looks like. So strategically, that starts to have some implications too, because then you're looking at, all right, well, there's a lot of metro meetings there. You know, you got you got three at uh, three when you take in the two Menangles and, and Penrith. Um, you know, so you start to look at well, who's who's driving those racing meetings. I mean, if that's half your point scoring, Brett, that that's got to factor into how you strategically play it. Absolutely, and uh, you also look at things like how many of those metro drivers are heading up to Newcastle on a uh, Friday night as well. So there you go, that's four out of your six. Yeah. If you've got drivers who are going to all those meetings, then that's a good strategy. Yeah, oh, exactly, and you look at it, say like an Amanda Turnbull who comes to an angle a fair bit, you know, we, we're seeing you know, Jackson Painting, Blake Jones, these Riverina drivers, uh, Peter McRae, like pop up here at, at Menangle a fair bit, and then... But I, I think the point of difference, Tommy, is going to be the ability to find a point of difference. If you can find a point of difference in your squad, because as we see in the footy codes, quite often these teams start to look pretty similar by yeah. the end of the year. Um, and that's under a variable pricing model. I think you know, the fact that the price is the price, it's actually going to make teams look a little bit different across yeah. our game. Yeah. And it's going to mean that if you, if you have someone who only drives a couple of the the race meetings, but it's picking up those participation, you know, one point for being in a race or, a, you know, picking up thirds and fourths. I think that's what's going to separate a lot of the, the teams at the end of the season. Yeah, on preliminary look, I'm looking at the young guns. They're, they're going to be the difference. Um, you know, they're not getting the quantity of drives, but their quality. Um, you look at a young gun like Jack Brown, he's terrific. Um, and people like that, they're going to be the difference. Yep, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, you're going to have to do it. Yeah, because 
you know, Brett's Brett's probably given away a bit of a cheat code there. I think with the drivers that might go might go up to to drive at Newcastle on a Friday night. Yeah, there's a, there's a handful of those guys that, and but it, but around Carnival time, that's when, you know, people particularly heading out to to drive at say Gold Crown and heading down to the River Arena. That's where we're going to see fluctuations in points. So, the season will run from the 10th of January through to the 1st of July. Now, one of the things that I sort of alluded to just before is the ability to to gain bonus points. So, as, as I said before, triple points for a Group 1 race meeting, uh, but that will also take in the Newcastle Mile and the Group 2 Riverina Championships Finals. So, what we've done there is said, well, these are the premier race meetings within that region. So you'll get Group 1s in Western around Gold Crown Carnival time. You're going to get the Newcastle Mile in the Hunter and the Riverina Championships at, at Easter time. And they'll be worth triple points. So that's going to really sort of start to, I think, see these wild fluctuations in the, in, in the race schedule. And then you're going to get double points for a Group 2. And also a feature, a, a Carnival of Cups feature race on that program that fits into those six. And, and I, there's a handful of Carnival of Cups meetings that actually fit into the schedule as well. So to me, that's that that that's a, a really unique aspect to our game, Tom. If you can if you can seize on those double and triple points, that's where you're going to make big gains. Yeah, that's right. But you can also go the other way um, if all the drivers are going for a carnival. You can you can get a, a sneaky driver that's going to pick up vital points in just a, a normal meeting during the week. I, I did actually crunch some numbers, Brett, this morning um, because Bernie Hewitt had a really good night at at Bathurst last night. Um, he would have picked up thirty six points for you. Now, the, I guess the thing for people out there listening is no one really knows what a good score is at this point. But as we said at the top of the show, ten points for first, five for second you'll get three points for coming third, two points for coming fourth, and then if you're in a race but not in the top four, you'll get one point, okay? So Bernie Bernie at Bathurst, he was in uh, five races. He got second in one. He was out of the top four in another, and he got three winners. Now, that's 36 points Bernie would have picked up. To me, that sounds like a pretty good score, Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's such an element of unknown as to what it is, but 36, I think, is going to be a pretty good score if you can get something around that. Yeah, it sounds like it. And, you know, as you alluded to earlier, Sean Grayling, three winners at an angle. Yeah. Um, he, without knowing the price, he, he'd be a cheap option. Yep. And you can get those surprises. Absolutely. And, and then, then I'll, I'll look at Josh Gallagher. So we had Josh Gallagher on the sprint lane this week. Brett, and we talked about what a great day he had at Newcastle Friday just gone, and he, and he had a, a really good, good day at Newcastle on Monday as well. But if I have a look at that Newcastle meeting last Friday, so Josh, what did he have? He had four winners. So straight off, there's 40 points there. He was second twice. He was fourth once, and he was in another race where he missed out on the top four. 53 points. I mean, if you're picking up 53 points out of a driver at a race meeting, I, I think you you have a pretty significant jumps up the leaderboard. I would think that anything over 50, uh, and that's without knowing what our our bases are going to be, uh, anything over 50 would be elite level. Um, yeah, we're looking at state of origin stuff for yeah. uh, somebody getting over 50. Absolutely. And then, so then some other sort of little 
science experiments that I ran with crunching some of the numbers. So we've just come out of the Breeders' Challenge Group 1 series. So Jack Trainer is one that I'll, that I'll use as an example. So on the Blue Series night, he drove Mahomes in a Group 1 Group one final. So on on that same night, he had he had five drives. So he drove the group one winner in that bank straight off thirty points for Jack there, and he had he came second in another race, second in two races. He was third in another, and he was in a race where he was out of top four, forty four points there. So that one winner suddenly turned into a forty four point night because he he drove a group one and he got triple points for that. Tommy, that's where we're going to see these big gains. Yeah, yeah, those um, those triple points, double points are going to be vital all, all through the season. We go back a fortnight with Jack Trainer, so we so that was the the Breeders Challenge night. He drove two Group One winners that night, so he he was third in two races. Sorry, he he participated in two races and was out of the top four. That's worth three points. Because it's a group one and you get triple points for those group ones, just for being in the race was worth three points straight away. So he did that twice. He won two of them. So there's 60 points straight off there, 30 times times two. He came second in a, in a group two, so there's 10 points. And then he was in another race later in the cut, 77 points. If you're jagging 77, when we've already talked to, we thought 40 was a good score. 36 for Bernie Hewitt last night was a good score. 77, you have a night like that, I think that is going to be the sort of gain that, that is going to really propel you up that leaderboard, Brett. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a big score, um, and these are the things that you've got to think of when you're picking your team. Um, and another one that I look at is probably Luke McCarthy, who week in, week out is not taking on a lot of drives. But when it comes to those Group 1 meetings, um, he's there, he's front and centre, he's winning races, um, do you put him in at that time or do you keep your same field, uh, same team? That's where the price is going to be intriguing for people I would have thought. You know, once people can start to see the platform and, and also just play around with it and be able to, you know, I guess run some scenarios and dragging people in across lines and going, oh, oh I'm a bit short on cash now because I put too many of these premium guys in, a bit short on cash, right? I need to prune back there or go, someone cheaper there gives me more cash for this spot in uh, – you know, in this particular, that to me, that's going to be uh, going to be fascinating. I mean, I, I guess those selection strategies, Tommy. I'm I'm fascinated by how people approach it. Yeah, yeah. I go back to you know your rugby league fantasy. You spend hours hours just pulling players in and out, and you know you decide on the same team that you had after spending two hours trying to find trying to find a substitute or a trade. Well, two of the guys here at work, and I won't name them. I gave them the I gave them a spreadsheet a few weeks ago and said, here, have a crack. And I reckon for five hours I heard arguments between the two of them going on about, oh, would you go this person? Oh, maybe, are they value? You know, and these are the sort of, you know, the game is a driver of the broader conversation of harness racing, which we want to engineer. We want people talking about our sport in our state, in our product, and I think the game is going to be a driver of that, Brett. Absolutely. It's uh you know, it's water cooler stuff. It's um, how many people do you know that talk around fantasy football, NRL, AFL, things like that, around cricket teams, if people have a fantasy cricket team. Um, this is another driver, getting people around the water cooler on a Monday morning saying, well, did you have Cam McCarthy in your team? Uh, sorry, did you have Cam Hart in your team? Did you have Luke McCarthy? Um, 
you know, it's it's driving people to talk about the sport, which is which is a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I the other thing for me is like if we have a look at the these younger drivers coming through, it's sort of being able to say who's on the upward curve, and if we can get them get them before anyone else does, that's where you get a leg up, Tom. Yeah, spot on. As I touched on before, people like Jack Brown, you know, he, he's driving for terrific stables and, and he's got the big drives in the big races and you know, he won't be valued much because of uh, his quantity of drives, but that's where the edge is. You've got to, you just got to find it. And it's going to take hours, hours and hours of flicking through, as you said, five, six hours of spreadsheets and data and trying to find that edge. Selection strategy is going to be going to be really, really, uh, really intriguing. I think um, one of the great features about this game, Brett, is is the ability to have leagues. You know, there's going to be a great prize pool up for grabs, and we'll announce that as we go forward. But beyond the the prizes, let's be honest, you know, that's that's dream stuff to win the overall prize. You know, that's a bit of a lottery in itself. But what you can do is you can beat your mates. And that, to me, is the beauty of fantasy sports, where you can have this league and you can have the banter and the and the challenge of assembling a team, my team better than your team, and going head-to-head with each other and having that, that leaderboard and being able to play in a grand final at the end of the season. That, to me, that's where the real fun in it. Yeah, I know there's some great prizes involved with this one, but there is nothing better than getting it back on friends, family, relatives. It's, uh, it's always a great feeling when you've got that head-to-head or your top of your, uh, your list. Yeah, it's, it's a great feeling. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tommy, one of the things you'll be able to do is, for example, you, know, you, might, you might say, well, I'm going to set up a league, go on your social media and say, here's my, my code, do you want to join my league? And as many people as possible could jump in. I know that some of our ambassadors are going to do that and touch on the ambassadors if you missed the news uh we've got amanda turnbull we've got cameron hart we've got blake jones and we've got grace Penella as the the four ambassadors one for each of the four regions that we talked about and they'll be driving in fantasy harness racing colors as well as part of the, the promotional exercise to get to drive some registrations on it but i know some of our ambassadors are going to set up a league and say right i will go out on social media and say here's the code jump in if you can do you want to take me on to yeah. build a team. Yeah, the private league's the best aspect of any fantasy sport. The bickering, the fighting, the arguing, you know. But the good thing is with this, such a wide range of drivers, 200, you know, with, as you said before, the rugby league, by the end of the season, you've got pretty much the same team as, as you mate. But here, there's just such a wide range. Tighter salary cap, more drivers. It's only going to be more interesting as the season goes. And I think one of, one of the other things with that is, what we know about fantasy sports is, and we, we mentioned Nathan Cleary before. Okay, you might not be a, a supporter of the Penrith Panthers, yeah. but if Nathan Cleary's your halfback, you pay attention to how Nathan Cleary's gone and you want him to do well. So using that as a scenario on our team, you might say, well, I don't know much about Jack Callaghan, but Jack Callaghan's in my team. I'm going to pay attention to the results that Jack Callaghan has generated. And I want him to do well, and that's what we want kids to, kids to sort of be aspiring to. You know, have these heroes in our sport. You know, heroes exist right across the sporting landscape. They exist in our sport, but we'd like that to be amplified. Yeah, so I started playing fantasy as well before I was eighteen and able to have a bet and have invested interest. But you know, you're still cheering your team on. You're still going for your driver. 
um, and you don't have to put any money on the line. Yeah, no, it's I, I think I think that's where we're we're going to see some some great investment of time and, and energy and mental headspace from people and being able to really um, develop an appetite and a following for harness racing. So how do you get the information? Well, there's going to be plenty of it, Brett. Hopefully this this podcast is a is a bit of a bible for people. Yeah, we'll try our best. Uh, yeah, well, in the next couple of weeks, we'll come up with our teams um, and our strategies for each of the regions. Um, hopefully, we give some good advice there. Um, going off where we usually place in our uh, fantasy teams, probably not. Um, but yeah, there'll be plenty of information on this pod. Yeah, and that's the idea. We'll, what we'll do over the next few weeks, you said, we'll we'll kind of really drill down on the regions. We'll we'll go through you know, region by region. We'll try and have a look at who some of the bargains are. You know, have a look at the, you know, those really high price drivers and and sort of try and, you know, give people a bit of a steer on where we think, you know, team structure could look like. But again, it's not really knowing what what people's strategies are going to look like because it's such an unknown first year of the game. You know, I think that's going to be fascinating. Do you, do you load up on the expensive ones? Do you, do you go middle tier and hope that that's the best way of accruing points? Because ultimately it's about coming up with squad of 22 which is going to come up with the biggest points number at the end of the week so is it go is it is it expensive and cheap and maybe that's the formula or is it all middle tier and that's what ends up with that bigger number who knows you know it's we're going to know so much more about this as the as the game unfolds but it's the people who can seize on that early i think they're the they're the ones who are going to be high up on the on the points ladder i think one of the great questions is who are you willing to leave out yeah in each region, who are you willing to leave out? And that's what John said the other day, isn't it? You know, you, you sport for choice and it's not about who you pick, it's about who you leave out because that's going to be, that's going to be the challenge. You know, I think, I think you get so enamoured with the idea that someone's going to get a big point score, but do you, do you take two middle-of-the-road scores? Does that equal more than a big score and a little score? You know, and that's the mathematical yeah. equation you've got to run in your head and, you know, and that's what's going to have people spending hours and hours <laughs> building this and that's a good thing. So you're going to get information through our website. The socials are, are going to feed, um, you know, a bevy of, of uh, information to you. So you get around the – we're active on the Facebook page, on Twitter and on Instagram. So get around that. Now, the prices – and the launch will, will happen concurrently. So the 15th of December is when you'll be able to go onto the platform and give it a go. You know, and, and when we talked about those three trades, it's unlimited until we start as well. So you can just have that trial and error, keep coming back to it between the 15th of December and when that first race on the 10th of January is, just keep coming back to it and, you know, and trying to fine tune and finesse your team and get it as best you, you think it can happen. And, Tommy, we know from playing these games and other sports, it happens, doesn't it? Yeah, your initial <laughs> team is far from your finished team. Yep. And you've got almost a month there before the actual season starts to, to mess around and everyone's going to have a little bit of time off over Christmas. I'm sure we're going to be spending hours chopping and changing and trying to find the best team. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see how it plays out. I'm really excited about the platform launching uh, next Thursday on the 15th. And, you know, and, and I'm sure that there will be people who think... Hang on, I thought I might have been priced a little bit higher than that, or maybe. Do you reckon anyone, Brett, will say, "No, nah, I'm over here"? No, no one's ego will, will allow that to happen, will it? 
I'm sure there might be one or two, but they're never going to say it. <laughs> won't, won't admit it publicly. But um, oh, I'm sure there's going to be people who think that, you know, maybe they should be priced a bit higher. I, I think that, you know, at least uh, they might be seen as a bargain and they'll be in a lot of teams. And, and um, you know, we're going to see the analytics on the on the the platform are going to say who who are people buying, where are people shopping, you know, what are they what are they bringing in? But all those points and all that data is going to exist, and you know, we're not only going to see a leaderboard of the the players, you know, the the punters out there who are playing this game. We're going to see a leaderboard of overall point score from drivers. And I'll tell you what, it'll be really transparent too. Who the leading driver is because we're going to put them in a in a leaders jersey every week, Brett. So right across the season, 25 weeks, whoever's the leading point-scoring driver each week, just like the Tour de France, we're going to put them in a, in a leader's jersey each week. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. You get to know exactly who it is, and uh, they don't have to ride up any hills to get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, no, it should be fantastic. So 15th of December is when it'll be. We're going to run several podcasts in the, in the lead-up to that and in and around the registration period before we get to the 10th of January. So... Uh, we might call this one where we're at and we might come back on Monday, I think. That's that's the plan. We might try and do another podcast on Monday and then we'll do another one on the day that it launches on the on the 15th because then we'll really be able to talk about pricing and you know, start to have a good look at it because I, I, I think that's when interest is really, really going to spike up. So, gentlemen, great, great to have you on the show. Uh, looking forward to talking fantasy harness racing with you um, over the next six months or so. That's what we're, that's what we're looking at. Beautiful. Big Can't commitment, isn't it? <laughs> Big commitment. <laughs> to everyone out there tuning in, thanks for your time. I hope you enjoyed the show, and we will uh, talk to you uh, a little bit later on next week. See you later. Bye-bye.